This is Inner Healing Paths podcast. Here we discuss the healing of the mind, body, soul, and spirit through a variety of different paths. We have emotional and spiritually minded conversations centering on ancestral healing, psychology, astrology, yoga, meditation, magic, and indigenous spiritual practices of the world. I am your host, Rosa Shetty, and I am so happy you are here. Welcome. everyone welcome back to this episode and today I sit down with Sandra Hinojosa Ludwig she is a best-selling author of a book titled Chica Why Not How to Live with Intention and Manifest a Life that Loves You Back during our conversation Sandra shares about her personal journey of discovering the law of attraction her intuitive gifts and how this guided her in a journey of deeper self-acceptance and love we also talked about our shared love for Abraham Hicks and I just know that you're going to get so much out of this conversation I hope it inspires you especially as a new year is around the corner I hope it inspires you to put some of these principles into practice and start manifesting everything that you want in your life. So if you enjoy this episode, don't forget to leave us a review. And without further ado, take a listen. Hi, Sandra. Thank you so much again for coming on to this podcast, Inner Healing Paths. Thank you for accepting the invitation. ¿Cómo estás? Thank you for having me. Muy bien, gracias. ¿Y tú? Bien, bien. Mucho gusto. Very nice to meet you. I know we, I, I have your book I, right here. I read your book and I loved it. I heard about you in another podcast, actually. And this was like months ago when your book first came out and I ordered it. And now here we are. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy you liked yes, it. Yes, I loved it. And I can't wait to get into it. But before we do that, um, just tell us a little bit about you, your your journey, and just, you yeah. know, what brought you to this point, just so we can get to know a little bit more about you. Yeah, so I was born and raised in Monterrey, Mexico. And, um, you know, I finished university, got my first job in Mexico. And um, what I kept feeling inside of me that I just wasn't happy. There got to be something else, right? You do all the things people tell you, you know, finish, you know, a school, get a job, and I still wasn't feeling happy. So, you know, dad took me to five different countries, always with the same thing. Things around me don't make me happy, so I just keep moving. And it, it worked out anyway. I had a pretty good 20-year um, corporate career that I really enjoyed. I ended up living in Germany, United States, England, and Canada. And now I live in Canada, but it was around 2006 that I'm like, okay, I've already moved enough. So it can't be what's outside of me. It has to be something else. And I think that was the moment when I touched one of the moments. There's been several moments in my life where I touched rock bottom, but that was one of them where I said, there gotta be something else. It can't be this. Like I am so unhappy. I, I will cry out of the blue. And um, finally, you know, I love how the universe, when you 
when you really surrender and just kind of go really quiet, it will show itself, right? It will show, you know, through inspiration and other things. And that's how I started learning about the law of attraction. You know, the first time I heard you can create your own reality, I really, I was really intrigued by it because my reality sucked at the time. So I'm like, what? And that was the beginning of it. So 2006, so it was 15 years ago. Um, I continued working in the corporate world in 2016, and I became a certified coach in 2015. And yeah, and started helping Latinas. And in 2018, I was able to uh, put together a book proposal, sold it to Hay House. 2019 was, um, they bought my book. And just a few months ago, it came out to the world. So that is in a nutshell my journey. Yes. Oh my goodness. And it's I mean, I'm sure there's a lot there that we can go into, but it just sounds like um it this it was almost like the learning about the law of attraction, it just kind of started speeding up your process, your your own um, should we say like healing your own journey in that regard? And it was it was healing too, because at the Around the same time that I found the law of attraction, I remember talking to one of my friends mm -hmm. saying, I don't know what's going on with me. Like I literally am washing dishes and I just break out crying. Like I wouldn't even know what it was. I would just like start crying. I was so unhappy in my life. And half the time I didn't even know what it was. So she actually told me to go to her therapist. So at the same time that I was doing all of that, I started therapy. And I think the two things together really helped me. The number one, it helped me be in my body so that I could be open to things happening around me and me actually being in a place where I was regulated enough to say, okay, this is what I choose rather than reacting. So it was definitely a journey of healing. It is a still a journey of healing. It's very much a still. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I'm one of, you know, I believe that when it comes to healing, we're always on this journey. You know, I, I don't think yeah. we're at a point where we're just done and all healed. I think we always, we're always improving. I think there's always room for improvement. And I, I, I think we're always, we're, we're always going to be on this path and we can't undo what we know. You know, once we have the once we're on this path and in motion, uh, we just, it just gets better and better. Um, and it's definitely a, a journey, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and so this podcast is called Inner Healing Paths. And that's because, you know, I, I do believe that there's so many paths that lead to healing. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about, so when it comes to the law of attraction and, and finding that, how would you say, how would you describe that path of healing, of connecting with the, the, the law of attraction? Um, how, in what way was, what part of the law of attraction, I should say, was was it healing for you? And in what way did it bring yeah. that healing that in your life? Yeah, see, the law of attraction, the way it works is that you have a desire and then that desire is held by the universe at a high vibration. So for you to be able to manifest that into your life, you need to bring yourself to the same vibration of your desire. But a high vibration means that you're feeling good. And guess what? When you're caring with things from the past or and all of those things, it just not, it does not allow you to keep that energy at a high level. So 
isn't invita- you know, and I first, I, I'll be honest, I first started the law of attraction because I just wanted things. I wanted the house. I wanted the job. I wanted the husband. Yeah. I just, because I kept thinking if things outside me get better, then I will be happy. So I thought if I get a job promotion, if I get the house, if I get the husband, I'll be happy. So that's how I started to do the law of attraction. I started manifesting things into my life. Like within five years, I had all of that. I had the husband, I had the job, I had, but then what I kept feeling was that I would create all of the things. I would be feeling amazing. And then something outside of me will happen and then knock me back down again. And then it would take me a while to get back up. And it was, it was like that constantly. So finally, I realized that, you know, the way I describe the law of attraction now, for me, it's about connection. It's about having this clear connection with yourself and with the divine part within yourself, which is the universe, right? So for that connection to be clear, to be crisp, to be full on, you really need to work on all of the things that prevent you from having that connection. And that can be past trauma, that can be, you know, limiting beliefs, that can be, you know, cultural beliefs that you have, you know, all of these things that prevent you from just really living in the moment, really be your authentic self, really be, you know, authentically dream. I, you know, I've, had many times in my life and, and working with other women that you know sometimes we don't even allow ourselves to dream because of the beliefs that we have of what is possible for us so really is for me now the process of alignment is really understanding all of the things that are preventing that connection with myself and with spirit and and then clear up all of those things because I know as I start removing those things my connection becomes clearer, becomes stronger. And when that happens, stuff manifests. But really, it, it starts with you having this beautiful connection with yourself and with spirit. And then everything else comes. When, when you mentioned the, the word spirit and, and the mind, and, and I, I, I'm all, you know, when it comes to healing, it's all about that, that body, mind, and spirit integration right and and bringing it all together um for you when it when it comes to that 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 the emotional and the spiritual and the mental um when it when at what point did you feel like okay this this path of connecting with the universe and and the law of attraction and manifestation at what point did you felt that it was like it was integrated like you were able to clear some of those beliefs that you had been holding from perhaps from, you know, from your past, at what point did it feel like, okay, this is, this is coming together for me? Yeah. So after the first five years, like I say, I was able to manifest a lot of things and because I was keeping my energy high enough by isolating myself from the world. You know, I only hang around with happy people and I still do a lot of that at the end of the day, it's my life and you get to pick who you hang around with. But I, what happened is I had this experience where I moved from Canada to England, completely different experience, completely different people, completely different job. You know, I was in a really comfortable place where I was. I knew everybody in my job. I had been there for about, you know, five years by the time I started the law of attraction. I knew everybody in my job. I had a beautiful set of friends, support system around me. I knew the city. I was living in Toronto. 
at the time. I knew Toronto really well. I was in my, you know, I was in my element. There was very little that could surprise me. Now I moved to a place where everything was a surprise from the language to the food, to the people, to the culture, to everything. And I happened also to move to a job that was really challenging for me. Um, challenging from a, you know, technical perspective. I'm a technical person, so technical leadership perspective, but it was also, you know, I have to deal with so many unknowns to me, like the, the culture, the language. I think there was a little bit about me being Hispanic in a very white male dominated space. All of that came together. And all of a sudden, I was not feeling as happy and as bubbly as I was. And it didn't take long. I would say it took about a year for me to completely lose my ground again and feel and, and then be back to that place where all of these beliefs started coming back that I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't deserve this job. Maybe something's wrong with me. You know, all of that. And it took me a while to realize, oh, my God, I am back at that place. And I talk about it in the book. So before I left Toronto, my therapist told me, Sandra, do not ever let it get that bad. And I remember one day, I remember those words. Don't ever let it get that bad. And I realized I had let it get that bad. And that was the moment that I realized that if I really, really, really wanted this strong connection with spirit, I was going to have to heal all of those things that I still have within me that the moment something got stressful in my life will jump out again and say, see, I told you, you're not good enough. You don't deserve this. You're, you know, all of these beliefs that I had that I kept them in check as long as I was in a comfortable environment. But the moment something got stressful, they came back up. And, you know, now it's funny because I am now, that experience was in 2011 to 2013. So now I'm back, you know, that was eight years ago. And it's funny because every time life gets stressful and I hear those voices, I'm like, oh, there it is. Something is still kind of lurking around. It happened with the launch of the book. The book was coming out April 27 and in February I started experiencing anxiety. So now I know. Now I know that those stressful moments in life tend to be a good place for me to find those places where I still maybe need a little bit more love and a little bit more connection. And, you know, that's the thing with change, right? And, and you know, I, I am my, you know, in my line of work as a therapist, you know, that's when people, that's what triggers are unresolved. And that's when we see people coming in for therapy and it could be something good. It could be a good change, right? Like moving to like for you, you, you wanted this experience. You wanted to, Oh yeah. you were looking, you know, you were excited about that and that's how it is. You know, change triggers can be very, because it, it, you know, our nervous system gets, um, is, gets triggered, right? Our nervous system is responding to a new environment and it has to adapt to that new environment. And, that can be overwhelming, even when it's a good change, you know, it's a good change in life or anything different, it could be very triggering and, and, and it's an opportunity, right, to, to work on, like, like you, you said, it was for you, it, it became an opportunity, you know, to work on some of the things that 
are still pending, right? Things that you that flared up and that still needed to be addressed at, at that point in, in your life. Yeah, yeah and, you, and you know, it is fun. It, you're right. Like I wanted that experience so much. I I manifested that experience just like I manifested the book. Like I wanted those experiences so much, but still I was put in a situation that felt, like you say, overwhelming enough that these things jump up. Like when the book happened, I I started experiencing um, anxiety around February. I would wake up with anxiety 2 a.m. in the morning. And he, you know, in the book, I talk about curiosity, which is like, just kind of live with it. What's happening? It took me a few days to realize that the story I was telling myself was you should be doing more, which is ridiculous. It's two in the morning. What should I be doing at two in the morning? But it was that, again, that belief that, you know, things had to go okay. Things had to be perfect. I had to work hard. And if I wasn't working hard, then, and if things failed, it was all going to be my fault. And and I, I just sent a lot of love to that part of me that was really feeling, feeling scared and overwhelmed and vulnerable. And I, I remember I made a promise to myself, I'm going to do everything in my power. I want to look back the day after the book launches and say, I did everything in my power. And that for me will be success. And I, you know, sure enough, the day after I look back and I'm like, yeah. And, and to be honest, I even, even things happened that I wasn't planning that get more pushed in my book still. So it actually exceeded expectations, but I was having this constant anxiety that it was like, things are going to fail. I know it's all going to be your fault. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it sounds like it was such a huge labor of love for you, right? To do this, to, to do your work. Book, and I'm sure it was um, like you, you said it was a dream and manifested so the, um, so it was a, a lot in, in a short period of time right which is yeah. what what tends to happen you know when our system gets overwhelmed when our nervous system gets overwhelmed it's too much too soon even when it's too much of one good thing it can be it could be a lot for us to handle yeah. and our body is just trying to to help us in that process and that's what anxiety really is is our body metabolizing all of these stress hormones that are happening because it sounds like you were you know you were you, you were busy you know putting this this wonderful book together and and uh and on this journey for the first time right and so so yeah it's understandable that it was it was a lot it was a lot for yeah you. to a point where you you were able to you, you mentioned there there was a part of me a part of me that they was able to that you were able to see okay there's that part to that that is is doing this um and in in how does do you feel like that that's the part that keeps coming up for you in different areas of your life that same part that comes up i think so i think so you know i am um, i am so familiar with that part of me now <laughs> because it's the same one that keeps jumping up and it's usually around the same things, right? It's usually around the um, I'm not good enough or like, you know, if you don't work hard enough, it's all going to be your fault. Or even like the being overwhelmed and feeling like I'm not supported is only up to me, right? I, I think it's the same part. And um, I think I've become friends with it now <laughs> because I know when it shows up, I'm like, oh, there you are. <laughs> I know. But, you know, I was talking to someone recently 
that I said, um, you know, in the past, anytime that that part of me will show up, number one, it, it could hijack me for months, years. Now it hijacks me for a few weeks, a few days, sometimes even a few hours, right? It doesn't go to those months. Like what I did this time around, I kept working on the book, on the launch of the book. And then I, I kind of took a little bit of a break July. And that was able to bring me back to completely back to myself. And I went back to therapy too, of course. But, you know, so I've become really good friends with it so that I know now it's around. But like I was saying, um, I told someone recently, you know, in the past, I would let it drive the car. And now it's like, no, you don't drive the car or hold the map. You sit in the back, <laughs> in the back seat. I am driving the car. You don't get to say where we're going. So it's still whining and complaining in the back. But, and I know, I'm like, yeah, I know we're almost there. But it's no longer driving the car. And, and, and you know, thank you for sharing that um, with us because that in and of itself, that process that you described, it's one of the hardest things to do, to be able to talk back to the part that is anxious. Uh, it could be any, prob any problem, right? But for you, this anxious part that just kicks in, um, for you to be able to talk back to it is, is a skill, is, is an actual, it's a tool, right, that you have available to you. It's hard to do, it's hard to have that perspective to say, okay, I see you, not today, <laughs> you're not gonna do this today, you can sit in the back, you know, in the back seat. That in and of itself is so powerful. It sounds simple, but it's very hard to do. And if you're able to do it, like what you described, is so powerful in the moment to be able to get that perspective and to come back and, and to see it as yourself, as a person that you are, not the anxious part of you, not from that perspective, you know, from the perspective of you, the the strong, intelligent and, and woman that you are, right? So it is it's such thank a powerful you. tool and thank, thank you for sharing that. And your book goes through a lot of tools. That's one of the things that I really, really appreciate about your book. Um, Every, I think every chapter you're providing a, a tool, right? A, a, a tool, not, and you know, it's interesting because it's manifest, it helps with manifestation, but these are also very uh, tools that are, are very much in alignment with um, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is in a, it's very, you know, <laughs> very common out there. People, um, you know, are very familiar with this. A lot of your tools, you don't, you, you are worded, of course, you worded differently in, in a different, and you, you have a very unique perspective and I encourage everyone to, to get your book. But I, 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 I saw the, how effective they are because they reminded me of CBT, you know, and, and it's so interesting that these same tools can actually help you manifest what you want yeah because I, you know like i said i I, I posted a video today in my instagram where um i was describing you know alignment almost like a garden hose and you know imagine that you open the tab and that's you know the source is universe of this beautiful energy of well-being is always flowing into our experience and the hose is like constantly delivering this stream of well-being but sometimes the hose will get a kink or will get a tangle. So the job is not to open the, the tab even more or say, hey, send more water. No, the problem is in the kink or the tangle. So 
what I'm hoping in the book is to help people find that kink and the tangle. So I go through all of the steps and I say, here's where you can, you know, when we talk about the law of attraction, usually we use the word resistance, which is here's where you find resistance to the well-being of the universe. So you can either be allowing it or resisting it. Allowing it is really just kind of let it flow into your experience. But then what we do, as we normally do, because we that's what we do, is we resist it, right? And then, for example, in the step of clarity, which is, you know, coming up with your desire, I say many times we introduce resistance by saying, by talking about what we don't want instead of what we want. I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be poor. Or by, you know, and energy flows where attention goes. So if you are focusing on poor and, and disease, you know, that is kind of like what you're putting your attention on. So you're resisting that well-being from the universe. Or if you focus on, um, you know, you say, yeah, I really want to be a millionaire, but that's not possible for me. That belief of I don't deserve a million dollars, even though, yeah, not everyone has a million dollars, but even just thinking I don't deserve this or I am not good enough to have a million dollars is resistance again. Because at the end of the day, resistance, if I were to describe resistance, is whenever you disconnect from the person the universe knows you to be, which is this beautiful, powerful, capable creator. And when you doubt yourself, when you doubt whether or not you deserve, whether or not you're lovable, whether or not you you can bring something, make something happen to you, you're disconnected from, you know, you're introducing a kink and a tangle to that host. You're disconnected. And that's why we feel uncomfortable because we know better. We know who we really are. And the moment we doubt who we are, we forget who we are. That's when we are resisting the well-being. And what I was hoping in the book was to help people identify all of those kinks and tangles that can happen in our houses where we, you know, we resist well-being by not believing this is possible for us. So we resist well-being by saying, well, I don't have all the steps, so everything has to be perfect. You know, I talk about fear. Perfection, I believe, is a, is a manifestation of fear. It's like, you know, analysis paralysis kind of thing. Everything has to be perfect or it's not going to be good. Or we can resist it by by just focusing on all the bad things in life or resisted through fear or, you know, so if what I was hoping by putting those tools in there was to help people understand the places where we can get stuck, when we can get stuck or not allowing that well-being into our experience. So beautiful. Thank you for that message. And, and absolutely, um, I think you, you, you have a, um... Uh, an exercise that it's about peeling the onion or it's like yes. an exercise and kind of getting to the core right and that was so helpful uh because a lot of times what's what it looks like on the surface when we start peeling those layers the onion ex you know the exercise that you there's as something completely different right it's following that thread oh, yeah. Yeah, and 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 that's like you were talking about the blockages and um, the like the water hose example that you gave, and a lot of times the, at the core is the, those those that's that that that's what at the core right the, what's blocking um, our manifestation or, or our healing. You know, it, it just it, getting to that core is critical. I think it's everything, right? Especially if you're trying to if you're new at this manifestation work. 
uh, people don't realize you really do have to work on your stuff. <laughs> you know, you do it. You have to do it. Yeah. And, and, and that's from that point, you can start seeing things happen for you. Right. Yeah. And that's another thing that I try to, you know, I, I like to convey to people that alignment looks different for me than it looks for you. You know, you, when people talk about the law of attraction and don't mind, you know, this works. People talk about affirmations. People talk about vision boards. People talk about, you know, keeping your energy high by doing things that you love. And all of it can help you align. But my formula of alignment might be different from your formula of alignment. So that's, again, why connection is so important. What is your love language? What makes you be happy? Like, a vision board does nothing for me. <laughs> you know, it really does nothing for me. But if you tell me visualization, oh, my God, I really, really enjoy visualizing and dreaming. Like, today I saw, I saw this thing on the Internet, and I'm like, wouldn't that be awesome if it happened to me? It was a picture that I saw. So you know what I did? I went in Canva and I changed the picture to make it about me. I know, you know, it was just a way of me visualizing that desire coming into my experience. It makes me feel happy. It makes me focus my energy and it makes me think, what if this could happen for me? What will it look like? So that actually worked for me. But then again, my formula manifestation of alignment might be different from someone else's. So I always invite people, here's a lot of things that you could do. Find out what works for you. What is your alignment formula, if you will? And I think your book does a really good job at giving us different ways of coming into that alignment. You know, it, through I think you have a lot of visualization exercises, at, and and then you have writing. You know, some writing mm -hmm. exercises, and so, I, and I and like you said, everyone's different, and the way we come into alignment is very different. So it's really, really important for us to know what works for us. You know, what what tends to what, what do we connect with, so we can get on that same wavelength, right? Which is what's important for manifestation you know it has to there has to be a resonance it has to be it has to be um whatever you want to attract has to be on the same wavelength as where you're at yeah absolutely and that is where you know the more i think about the law of attraction the more i end up in this is really about connection true authentic full-on connection with who we are and and with spirit which I believe it's a divine part inside of us. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, I love that. It's almost like a, a coming back to ourselves. Uh, yes. We are at our at our deepest core, right? Who we are, who, what we were born as, right? Whole and, and perfect. You know what they call it? Some indigenous cultures call this calling your spirit back. It's almost like your spirit lifts your body and this I call it connection. Um, I actually just finished a book called Calling My Spirit Back. And that's what they call it, calling my spirit back, bringing it back into my body, into, you know, into my present, into the now. I find that image so beautiful. Yeah, that, that reminds me of, um, I mean, that's the, the concept of, of susto, you know, when, when 
I think in Mesoamerican in traditions, susto is, you know, a sudden, something suddenly happens that scares you. It's a deep, yeah. you know, fright that you go through. And for that second or for whatever minute or however long, it, like your your spirit leaves your body, right? It, 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 yeah. And a lot of times it comes back, a lot of times it doesn't, or a lot of times it's fragmented, right? Different parts. Uh, so so I, I love that that analogy. I think it's, it's very, very- You know, I, I mean, it's funny because in Mexico, where I grew up, um, whenever you have a susto, one of the things they do is first they sit you down because your mind starts shaking. So they sit you down and they give you a piece of bread, which, so here you are, like something just happened. Let's say, for example, you barely missed the car, you know, and you get all like shaky. So they put you in the floor and they give you a piece of bread. And I always think now when I think back to that, it's almost like this piece of bread is a, it's a way to bring yourself back into your body, right? The chewing, the, the swallowing, the, the, all of that. Because I don't know if a bread actually will do anything with your... <laughs> Maybe it's around your blood sugar, I don't know, but um, yeah. I, I find it fascinated that yeah. that's the thing thing we do. We give them a piece of bread. Is it sweet bread or just like any bread? Um, bolillo, which is like just a regular piece of bread, not sweet bread, just bolillo. Yeah, how interesting. And I, I know my, my grandma, she used to give us, whenever we got scared or when we fell and we were like still like panicky, she would give us a little bit of sugar. Um, that was she, yeah so that was para el susto you know that, that was her thing <laughs> um so it's so interesting i mean there's so many traditions but it goes back to um in a way doing whether it's bread or sugar or just taking a few deep breaths it's about grounding and just taking a moment to come back to your body right to feel to feel your body through your senses or through your you know food and yeah it's, it's so interesting um so I, I've been wanting to ask you for, you know, because a lot of our listeners, I, I've, I've heard your story on this, but I know our, some listeners may not. So tell us uh, the process of writing your book. Cause I thought that story was so, such mm -hmm. a cool story. Um, and the a prime example of manifestation, you know, that, that, you, that you, for you, right, that you manifested. So can you tell us a little bit about just how that in and of itself came to be? How you yeah how, how it happened yeah so um and this, I think this is the story that you're referring to so um in 2015 I became a certified coach and then I started helping women and um and I was talking to one of my friends once and I said you know it seems like everyone falls in one of their categories which is they don't know what they want they know what they want but they don't know how to get it or they know what they want they know how to get it, but they just can't seem to get themselves to do it, right? And my friend was saying, well, why don't you write a book about it? I had never thought about a book. And I was like, maybe, I don't know. That was like two years before. And then I decided years ago that every year I would take a personal development class. So that year, 2018, I was looking for that class. What am I going to take this year? I actually make a big deal out of it because I'm very, it's something that makes me really happy. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to do this year? Awesome. And, and, um, and that year it was the writer's workshop of um, Hay House. Hay House was in Toronto. Um, Hay House is the publisher that um, published a lot of the books that I follow, like Esther Hicks and Wayne Dyer and, you know, Louise Hay. 
so I I've been to many of their events and they were having the writer's workshop in Toronto. So I went to the writer's workshop and I, that was the first, you know, we talk about, is it possible for you? I don't know if I ever thought it was possible for me, but after that weekend, I remember thinking, I think it's possible for me. I think I could do this. And as with anything I did, I do, I said, I'm going to give a hundred percent. And then I'm going to leave it out to the universe. If it is for me, it will happen. But now, you know, now I was kind of liking the idea of writing a book. And I thought, if it, if it doesn't happen this way, it might happen another way. But I, you know, one of my favorite sayings is take one step towards the gods and the gods will take 10 steps towards you. So mm-hmm. I say, I'm going to do my first step and see what happens. So I wrote a book proposal. I ended up working with an editor. And I had an idea of the steps that I wanted to be in the book. Um, I had four steps. So I say, okay, I need to figure out if these are the right steps. So by then I had a page. It was in Spanish at the beginning. So I put in the page, I'm going to be doing free coaching, um, anyone that wants it. So in the summer of 2018, I ended up doing 35 one-on-one coaching sessions. Um, where I will, you know, what do you want to work on? And during the session, I will walk people through the steps and, you know, I will finish the session and I will write in my notes all the things that came up during the session and put in an index. And eventually I realized it shouldn't be four, it should be six steps. And I even changed the order a little bit. And then I'm like, well, how am I going to do the exercises? Because, you know, in a coaching session, you ask questions, you you know, you you do things with them, but it's it's one one. It's very easy to do it. How do you do that by yourself in you know in in your house? And like for example, the the onion exercise. How you know it's very easy in a coaching session, asking questions to give take them to the place where they discover. Okay, this is what I'm thinking about right now. But how do you do that? So. I came up with exercises, and again, I went on my page and I say, hey, everybody, I'm going to do free uh, workshop sessions now, if anybody wants to sign up. I think I had about 60 people in two different workshops where I would teach the class, and I would give them the exercises to take away. It was four weeks, and then, long story short, by the end of 2018, I had talked to over 100 Spanish-speaking Latinas, and that was that was the beginning of the book. And then um, they bought it in 2019. And that was it. I wrote the book in 2019 with all of the notes from those sessions. Wow, that's amazing. And, and, and you also mentioned there was a contest. Yes. Yeah. So, so the way it was is at the end of the, of the um, writer's workshop, you got to submit a proposal. Normally, Hay House and bigger publishing houses, you need to have an agent. And to get an agent, you know, you need to have a pretty big um, audience and things like that. I didn't have that at the time, but um, or even now, but <laughs> I didn't have it back then. And then um, they allow you to give a proposal without an agent, which is the only way you could submit a proposal to Hay House without an agent. And the way they did it is the top people three proposals. The first prize was going to be a contract with Hay House. And then the second and the third prize was going to be um, self-publishing 
they have a self-publishing house called Balboa Press. So it was going to be a self-publishing package. And uh, I remember thinking, I'm going to do this. Like, this is going to happen. And I remember Balboa Press called me and said, um, because, you know, they're, they're trying to sell you the self-publishing packages. And they're like, you know, maybe it would be great if you sign up for the self-publishing package. You can have your book live by next year. And, and I, kept, I remember telling her, you know, I'm waiting to hear if I want the content because if I want, I'm not going to need it. <laughs> and I remember she, she, she was like, oh, okay. Like, who says those things, right? <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm waiting to hear if I won. And what do you know? I actually did win. I was, um, I, I had a meeting at work and I was waiting for that meeting. So I went into um, the day of, of they were going to announce the winners. I went into a McDonald's. And I was sitting in the McDonald's getting a coffee. And then I look at my phone and I have a missed call. And, and I had a message. And I remember looking at the area code and thinking, oh, my God, what is this? Instead of listening to the message, I go in Google to look at the area code. And it was California where, hey, how's this? And I'm like, oh, my God. So, yeah, and then the message is like, Sandra, you won. Give us a call back. That was awesome. <laughs> what an, yeah, I mean. That if, I mean that's true manifestation at its best. You was manifestation, and also I think it was it was a, a calling that you felt and that you you had, and and you followed that path, and and one thing led to another, like you said, once one step at a time, and you did the work, which is which I think is important to point out, right? A lot of times, I think the misconception is that we're just going to visualize our way into success and whatever that is for you or whatever stuff you, you want to acquire. But it does take some, we, we have to put in the work, right? Whether it's uh, yeah. clear our emotional blockages, whether it's actual work, like for you, right? Putting this, these groups together, writing it, you know, it takes, you have to do your part, right? And, and yeah, actually, you know, in the original four steps that I had at the beginning, I didn't have the step of commitment, which is action. And I didn't have the step of continuity, which is constant awareness. So I ended up adding those two steps. And the reason I added the step of commitment, I remember in a one-on-one -on -one session, I'm talking to someone and she tells me this beautiful dream. And I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. So why are you doing to manifest it? She's like, you know, visualizing and praying. I'm like, yeah, no, what are you doing to, you know, what are you doing? Like, no, I'm just visualizing. I'm like, no, okay, you need to put the words. And, you know, I call it the line action, which means, you know, it's action that feels good. It's action that actually gets you excited. And, and the thing is, the more I do this work as well, I realize that many times clarity needs action because, you might think you want to, let's say, for example, you might think you want to be a lawyer, but it's not until you start studying law that you realize, actually, I'd rather be a policewoman. You know, sometimes you need action for clarity. Action also brings you inspiration because through action, you might actually, you know, I went to the writer's workshop and I realized I have to have an editor. And then I started talking to, um, again, it's funny because in the first workshop I ever did with Esther Hicks, I met this woman in Toronto 
who happens to work in the publishing industry. So I reached out to her and she's the one that recommended the editor that ended up helping me. But again, I had to take the step and it was through the step that I realized I need an editor, you know? Like sometimes actually so much a part of the manifestation process. It is so needed. Without action, you're not manifesting, you're just wishing. And it's just different from manifesting. Yeah, and I think when you take that action, that committed action, um, it shows the universe that you're serious. You know, that it shows that you really want it. And and, and I I think it's easier to come into alignment with with your desire when you you show that commitment, right? Um, Yes, and I say, you know, when you talk about energy, the biggest energy there is in the universe is action. That is the biggest energy. That's why... I realized that that step needed to be in the book. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that that is critical. And and that chapter for me was very helpful uh, to clarify that, you know, I do have a part in this, you know, I'm not just receiving here. I I also have to give, you know, and and give through my actions, right? Show the what what I'm committed and, and setting that intention in in motion i should say you know you set your intention and you set it set it set the the motion of it which is i think it's critical because you know one step will lead to another and eventually you will hopefully you know if you continue working on whatever it is that you're you're trying to manifest it will come to fruition but it it, it, there is a a huge part that we have um, control and that's our action yes absolutely and like I say, action brings in so much. It brings clarity. It brings inspiration. And, and you know, even if that's another thing that I mentioned in the book, which is when you connect with your desire, what you want, focus on your why, why you want it. Because sometimes the universe might come back and say, you know, I know you're asking for this, but that might not be in your highest good. So let me show you all of these other things that will be in your highest good, you know. One example is, I know when I was younger, I'd be like, but I want Juan to date me. And Juan's not even paying attention to me. And it turns out that actually it was the greatest thing that ever happened because now, you know, I end up in a different relationship that makes me even happier than I could have ever been with Juan. So it's almost a little bit trusting that things are going to work out for your highest good. They are always working out for your highest good. And it's just you showing up to them with an open mind that this is going to work out. Now, sometimes it's hard to see it when bad things happen in our life or things that we consider bad happens in our life, undesirable things. You're like, how can this be for my highest good? And I get it. It is hard when something happens. I mean, through COVID, I think so many people have been through so much, for example, and the only thing I can say is just stay with it and love yourself through it. If it is something really undesirable happening in your life, just find ways to love yourself through it. And know that the universe will meet you wherever you are. Even if whatever is happening is highly undesirable, just know that the universe is there, even if it doesn't feel like it. Look for that trickle of well-being is still happening in your life, even in the midst of crazy, because there will be something. Uh, absolutely. That reminds me of a saying, 
I don't know where I heard it, but you know, to, to shift our perspective that this is happening for me, uh, not to me. You know, so things are happening for me, for my, for my journey, for my greatest good. Even though we don't see it yet, even though we don't see how this could possibly help in, in our life, but we we see it that as happening for me. It, it can it can shift our, that, that that our mindset of of feeling like a like a victim in, in this in this whatever circumstance you're you're in um things are happening to me you know in, instead of um for for you for me you know one one big shift that i had in regards to that was um i read the book called loving what is by byron katie and i realized the many times when things will happen into my experience that were undesirable or something I didn't desire in my experience, um, a lot of the stress and suffering that I will experience came from actually wishing that it hadn't happened. And when I allow myself to notice that it happened, it allows me to grieve. It allows me come to terms with this new situation that happened in my life. And then once that happens, you know, the pain is still there. It is there because the situation that happened is still very real, but it allows me to come to terms with it in my own way at my own pace. And eventually I always say, when you feel the ground under your feet, once again, then ask yourself from that new reality that you're in, what is my next best step? I talk about it in the book, my next best step. So whatever happened, sometimes accepting that it happened, not saying, oh my God, it's so amazing that it happened, but just accepting that it happened opens the door for healing, like you call it, right? Like just grieving, coming to terms with it. And eventually when you feel that you can ask yourself, what is my next best step now? Yeah, what, what comes to mind is the concept of just surrendering to yeah. what is and, and, you know, acceptance and, and surrender, I think, is, is a process. Um, it's definitely um, a, a journey in and of itself, but it is, I, I think, part of healing is surrendering to the, the to what the moment is bringing up for us or what the, the, the situation is. And in that surrender, we let go of our need to control it, of our need to have to have the outcome be a specific way. And yeah. I think you mentioned earlier Esther Hicks, and, and I also, I read a lot of, of her, a lot of her books, and I think she calls it um, going, going downstream versus upstream. Yeah right it's just going with the flow of, of, of the flow of what what is presenting to you in that moment instead of fighting it instead of res you yes. know, the resistance right it's just being in a place of allowance and and surrender and sometimes that's all we can do right it's just surrender to this you know when i chose the title of the book i um i put a life that loves you back because you know we Many people talk about how to create a life you love. 
And I wanted to talk about a life that loves you back because a life that loves you back feels almost like allowing yourself to be loved, allowing yourself to be supported, allowing yourself, you know, it's, it's allowing, which is that feeling of going downstream which is like everything you want. And by the way, I can tell, because you say downstream, I can tell you've been listening to Esther Hibbs for a while because she used to talk about that years ago. And now she talks more about the vortex. She talks about going in the vortex, but she used to describe the law of attraction as this downstream, you know, letting go of the oars, she used to say, when you're going on your boat, let go of the paddles, let go of the oar. And classic example, yeah. Yeah, and I just get this feeling of ease that comes with this, right? It's almost like it's that feeling of surrendering, which is like, yeah, just let it happen. And that's why I chose um, A Life That Loves You Back, because to me, it's almost that feeling of just allow life to love you. That's what life does. Life loves us. You know, I just posted something too recently where I said the universe wants that dream for you as much as you want it for yourself and I truly truly believe that you know sometimes we're like oh I just hope the universe gives it to me girl the universe is over there already waiting for you you know it's like when you go on a trip and you know the one that is the keenest is already in the car like come on why is everybody taking so long that's the universe. The universe is already in the car, all packed up, ready to go. You're the one who's still wondering whether or not you have enough water for the road. No, he wants it for you so much, as much as you want it for yourself. That's so beautiful. It's a, and and you know that I I love that, that life that loves you back. Um, I, I like to see it as life capital L. You know. Life loves you, right? And it wants the best for you. And, and sometimes we are the ones getting in our own way, whether because of our mindset, our trauma. Um, but a lot of times it, we get in our way and if we're able to tap into uh, these res this resource, right, that we have accessible to us always and at any time, um, we can start seeing these these changes happening little by little yeah. because it is a, it is a journey but um, the more we work on this the, the more change and shifts and transformation that can happen yeah and it's, it's, a, it's a journey like you said I remember a couple of years ago I heard this interview well it's more than a couple of years ago but I heard this interview with Louise Hay it was probably a couple of years before she passed away. And it was Robert Holden talking to Louise Hay. And he asked her, do you ever still get those thoughts, you know, the hijack you this? And she said, yeah, yeah, I still do. You know, I still get them. I'm not good enough, for example. She said, but now, similar to what I was saying earlier, in my case, she said, it, it takes hours. When before it used to take days, weeks months right to get over them so like you said at the beginning this is a journey and things will continue to pop up but that's fine that's fine because eventually you know Abraham Hicks says when you have 99 
good things in your life and you focus on the one bad thing, everything else turns bad. But when you have 99 bad things and you focus on the one good thing, everything else go- turns good. So again, it's finding that little sliver of well-being that's in your life. There, There is some. Because the universe will never, never leave you in a place where there's absolutely no well-being. Even if you are breathing, even if you are, you know, have a roof over your head, there, there is something that the universe is showing in your experience to tell you, here's how I'm loving you today. And just recognizing that and focusing on that will allow you to open yourself to many other ways in which the universe wants to love you. Absolutely. Well, Sandra, thank you so, so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. And tell us a little bit of how, you know, for those that want to get to know you better and, and get to know your work and purchase your book, can you tell us a little bit more how they can find you? Yeah, so they can have me on Instagram, Facebook is um, Sandra Hinojosa Ludwig. And um, yeah, my book, Chica, Why Not? How to Live with Intention and Manifest a Life that Loves You Back is for sale anywhere where books are sold. Wonderful. Well, and thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing your space with me. Of course. Thank you for coming on. And and I, you're welcome anytime. I love talking about this. <laughs> we can talk oh, about this forever. <laughs> okay, Sandra. Have a good night. Thank you. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it. Share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us to stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on. You can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast, and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website, which is rosachettilcsw.com. And I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again next time.